1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Yes, indeed. It is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula, joined alongside by Blake Elliott. Yes, Ersky. And we got Chris Strong and the ones and twos. Thanks for joining us on a Monday evening in the Metroplex. The number to text is 877-881-1053. Again, 877-881-1053 if you want to get involved in the program, which we we absolutely want you to do. We love to talk with you on uh, the day after Championship Sunday in the NFL. Some really fun football happened, and we're going to go all the way around it through our uh, four hours of programming. We got you till 11 p.m. on the evening, so we'll talk some football, We'll have some fun. We'll also again keep you updated with some Mavs basketball as they are in action at the American Airlines Center, welcoming in the Orlando Magic, yep. Paolo Bancaro, the Wagner boys. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Wagner. That's not how it's pronounced. The James Wagner boys. Isaac
2: playing basketball, playing which, good defense, which he
0: doesn't always do. Yep. Well, I mean, just the playing part, yep. the good basketball. You know, hey, but like sometimes, or a lot of times, he misses games. But regardless. You have a very um, defensively inclined Orlando Magic uh, team in town. They've got a close record to yours, oddly enough, as they're twenty-four and twenty-two. You're twenty-five and twenty-one. So yeah, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening there with your Dallas Mavericks. Um, how are you doing tonight, by the way, Blake?
2: I, I, I'm doing swell. Um, did a little bit of obviously conference championship watching. Starting to put the apartment together piece by piece. We ah, got, yes. We got the projector set up, so I was able to watch football at my house. and ah. not have to drive anywhere. So, how did uh, it feel? What were the vibes? Vibes were high. I was by myself. Um, I will say this: I definitely, in the Lions game, took. a I was like, "Oh, this game's over." Quick nap. Quick nap. <laughs> 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 Woke up in the fourth quarter, and I said, "Oh, oh, things really ain't happening." Things is transpired. Is it? Yep. Yes. And then I had to rewind and see what happened. I was like, "Oh, okay, I see what I see what they."
0: Yep, yep, yep. And we'll get into all of that as we go along. But the first question I want to ask is about this gentleman in particular here. Uh, Cut three, if you will.
1: Mahomes to throw against a four-man rush. Fires it near side to Kelsey. Comes back to the ball and holds it in. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes absolutely took duct tape and just wrapped the ball around the waist of Travis Kelsey for a 19-yard touchdown.
0: Oh, that man was having a blast. That was a uh, yes, Patrick Mahomes, number fifteen for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm guessing that
2: was a Chiefs broadcast. That is absolutely
0: <laughs> Chiefs radio, and I mean, it's not like it's not like he was being a homer there. That the way that he described it, absolutely is the way that it looked, especially after a starting drive by the Baltimore Ravens that is, you know, very very quickly kind of disposed of. The Chiefs just methodically make their way down the field, and of course, in part because Patrick Mahomes is the into football. And not just that, like on that touchdown pass, he puts it precisely where it needs to be, precisely where only Travis Kelsey can get it. And so the question here, Blake, and all of our listening audience, we appreciate you getting involved. 877-881-1053. What's Patrick Mahomes, the story of this AFC Championship game? I mean, look, as this thing's going along, it's just hard to ignore, whether you're by yourself and on like social media or talking to friends or like you're at a bar or what have you, within this landscape, uh, of sports, the way that we view this thing is quarterback, and he has been phenomenal. And he was very good in this game. Did you view this? Did you view him as the story of the AFC Championship game?
2: I, I think the aftermath I did of kind of seeing the greatness. All the stats are coming out on Twitter and X of kind of his greatness and how he. I think he's hasn't lost in the last two years in the postseason. Hasn't thrown an interception. Eleven touchdowns. But in this game, in a vacuum, I think this was just more about Lamar Jackson kind of falling short of what it looked like a destined Ravens team to make it. I think everyone was like, had picked the Ravens. You saw the popular bets. They were favorites. A lot of people on this show. All your favorite talking heads. It was like, this is the Ravens time to succeed.
0: i raised my hand. That was absolutely me.
2: Yeah, I was too. I picked the Ravens. Uh, CA picked the Ravens. Uh, Alec picked the Ravens. But we all said, would we be surprised if Mahomes won? And we all said no, but it's just like other than Mahomes, the Ravens should win this game. But sometimes that quarterback is that good. But I think it was more – there was opportunities for the Ravens to succeed, and I don't think it's all Lamar Jackson's fault, but he he has to have a hand in this. He didn't play as well as maybe we wanted him to be, but the Ravens had a lot of mental mistakes. I think I tweeted out the Ravens' mental mistakes cost them this game.
0: I wouldn't even put that as the story of the game myself. The story of the game for me was the Chiefs' defense.
2: Yeah, it was Spags, man.
0: I mean, Steve Spagnola deserves so much credit in this, but, I mean, obviously – the guys on the field also deserve a lot of credit defensively. I'm talking Chris Jones. I'm talking Chris Amenehu, uh, Charles Amenehu. Uh, t- obviously, Legarius Sneed has a, a play that is going to, I imagine, be so easy to recall decades down the road in football. I mean, how do you punch your football out so perfectly right before the goal line? After right? you just got taunted on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, this Chiefs defense absolutely baffled a Baltimore Ravens offense that looked to be the best version of itself in quite a while. I mean, we had heaped a lot of praise on Todd Monken, and I'd like to say deservedly so, right? Um, and this Chiefs offense, the or, or sorry, uh, Ravens offense, the organization for investing in the idea of, hey, man, you need to be able to play a, a different style of football or have different opportunities of getting the ball down the field and, as, as opposed to simply running. And so you saw the ways in which They were able to add a a, a more more coherent passing attack. And the Chiefs just said, bump all that, right? Like, we are going to get pressure on on Lamar Jackson, but we're going to do it with our front four. We're going to be able to disguise coverages, make this tough. We're going to take away quick, easy reads, and we're just going to make it incredibly tough on you. I mean, consider this. Last week against uh, against the Texans, Baltimore dealt with a lot of pressure there as well. And they diced them boys up after a level of adjustment. It did not quite look like that. Now, of course, they did They did move the ball a little bit better, but also it was like big chunks. And so I felt like the, the story of this, this game for me was like the defense. Because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes in this offense scored how many points in this game? 17. 17. Right? And, again, I'm not trying to say that Patrick Mahomes was bad by any stretch of the imagination. It would, that would be asinine. But it just felt to me like this defense got two red zone turnovers. Yep. Right. Like this defense, uh, you know, really did a great job of limiting Lamar Jackson's ability to get out and scramble. Even though I know this year he has not wanted to do that as much, Mm -hmm. he didn't really have very much option. And when he did try and get out and scramble, he really had to work for a gap. And then when he did, he was not, you know, breaking it for the 20, 30 yards that he typically can. It was usually, hey, you can maybe pick up a first down, and that's it. Like it just felt like this Chiefs defense showed themselves to be elite this season in a way that they had this that's been that's been the consistency for the or the consistent thread for the Chiefs all year
2: yeah I, I kind of want to harp on uh their Todd Munkins game plan so in the game versus Texans that you that you mentioned earlier 32 carries for 110 they had in that game uh Gus Edwards had eight carries J.K. Dobbins had eight carries Justice Hill had eight carries and then we even saw him um, I believe um what's his name uh Dalvin Cook get in, get in the mix so, all those guys were in, in part of that game. But we didn't see that in this Chiefs game. They had a total of eight handoffs in this game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And two of those were end rounds by Zay Flowers. So, if you want to be for real, six handoffs.
0: I, had, I think you I think you can count end rounds within okay, the so will game, say, to be we'll, fair. But I, I understand what you're saying. We'll
2: say eight handoffs. And it just felt like, and we were talking about this a little bit pre-show. They were trying to get it all back with one play instead of sticking to their game plan of being the number one rushing team that they were all year. And they weren't down by, we'll get to the Lions game. The Lions rate of Niners game, they were down by a bunch and had to kind of ditch the game plan. They were still within 10 points. It was, what, 17-7 going into half? Yes. So they were still within striking distance, and they got their field goal, made it a seven-point game, and they still weren't running. And then my big thing was like, And tell me if I'm wrong, I could be completely faded with this. It felt a little bit like Lamar was in the pocket, and when he had chances to run, he still wasn't running. It felt like he was trying to prove I'm a pocket passer, which I think he is. I do think he's a good pocket passer. I'd agree. But it felt like a little bit of like, there's a chance for me to make some elusive, crazy, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson type play, but I'm going to show everyone I'm going to beat the Chiefs with strictly my arm. Now, obviously, he scrambled everyone, so I had eight for 54 but i think we like we both would agree there was more opportunities that it felt like he didn't exactly take advantage of i don't know if that was the game plan i don't know if there was a spy that maybe we didn't see
0: there were they were I, it felt like the chiefs defensive line was almost like entirely spying at times mm-hmm. like they had they did a great job of even as they pass rush right like and this was a distinction between these two teams and i know the cowboys fans will feel this the ravens as they were trying to get a field especially since you know they they weren't having as much success getting back there When they they were just, like, knifing as, you know, as you can and see if you could beat this line however you can. And what that did allow for was Patrick Mahomes getting out here and running on you guys, right, and utilizing his uh, elusiveness and his ability to use his legs. 15 big yards. 100%. And you you saw those things come to fruition. It felt like when the Chiefs rushed, they did so incredibly disciplined. And so even if they were trying to get – even if, you know, like, hey, we're trying to apply pressure – they still had, you know, somewhat like lanes and such to where Lamar Jackson would have to really look to go. But I think you're, you're right in pointing out the fact that Lamar Jackson was moving around in order to pass. That's been his M.O. this season. It's been very evident that he has been using his, uh, his uh, elusiveness and his, his ability to move to pass as opposed to, like, get, you know, get on. going on, the, fe- on yeah. the ground. And it felt like maybe he probably needed to pull the ball down a little bit sooner a few so at least times, alleviate,
2: make those passes easier.
0: Which is really odd because you think about it, there's a lot of people who have had criticisms of him that have kind of called him a run-first quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think that that's been the case for a majority of his career, but I think even then it's gotten – he's he's swung that very far the other way. But it, I think it is telling that, right, the the idea that Lamar Jackson can create more time, take time, move around, and try and make a defense defend for four seconds, five seconds. And we what do we say about, you know, defending for that long? You can't, except the Chiefs did, right? Like, except the Chiefs did. There wasn't, even with him running around and doing all those things, he would still look up and still have a little bit of trouble of finding somewhere to go. I thought the Chiefs came out with a fantastic game plan. I think that they played incredibly well on the perimeter, and ultimately, I thought that they they ended up being the distinction here because, again, they got the turnovers that were necessary to keep this from, you know— there was Baltimore had a chance to win this game even yeah. with the ways in which they might probably didn't stick with the run, right? And even with those things and you talk about the fact the Chiefs didn't score in the second half, nope. right? And I will give them some credit cuz I do believe that they had a, a distinct approach of hey man, we understand where we are, we have a lead. We are going to be protecting the football more than we are going to be like trying to make big plays necessarily. And so you could tell they were trying to drain the clock, use the clock as an additional defender. But with that being the case, the Baltimore Ravens' defense looked incredible this game. Five straight punts in the second half. Even while the Chiefs' you know, offense did what they needed to do to make plays when they needed to make plays. But it just felt like the Chiefs' defense was phenomenal in this game in taking advantage of the ways in which Baltimore allow, you know, had, had some miscues and those types of things. And, I mean, the turnovers were huge, not allowing them to get going in the run game. I know that we talk about the fact that they didn't run the ball a lot. There were some times where they had a little bit of success, but there were other times where you could see they were rallying to the football really well. They did not allow the run game to work that well. Even when we were talking about with Lamar Jackson and scrambling. you could tell that they had guys that broke on the football well. I th- I felt personally that the story of this game was the defense, even though you could see the ways in which Patrick Mahomes and his elite nature absolutely helped them win this game.
2: Yeah. I Do you think a little bit when I was watching this game, it felt and it similar to the Lions. I think it's literally the, very similar. These teams... Haven't been here recently, Lions and Ravens, mm-hmm. and it felt like they were pressing a little bit. One had the lead, one was trying to come back, and it felt like we were seeing boneheaded mistakes. Now, obviously, I think the the Ravens ones were more, like, egregious because the game was real tight. The Lions kind of fell apart, but with the Ravens one, like, you finally get a big play, flies. You haven't had a big play all day, and what do you do immediately? You taunt, you lose 15 yards, and then you fumble two plays later. The, the Ravens are finally getting some good pressure on Mahomes. and what do you do? Jadavian Clowney goes and clocks Mahomes upside the head and gives him a free first down. So it felt a little bit like a lack of discipline, like we talk about a team here in Dallas. And it felt like they were pressing a little bit. Like, all the numbers and stats will show you the Ravens should have been in this game, won this game, whatever you want to do. But the, the only difference was the Chiefs have been here. They were more prepared. And they have Patrick Mahomes. The the defense was great, and I agree. But so was the Ravens' defense. Like both defenses, almost in a yeah. sequence, equaled out. For sure, both defenses were great. But the Chiefs had been there, and they did. And you could tell, play by play, Mahomes did not look at any point where, like, man, he looks scared back there. He doesn't look like he doesn't know what to do. I'm not saying Lamar necessarily looked scared, but it seemed a little bit frantic, a little bit. What am I going to do next? Didn't seem like he was connecting with his receivers. Um, we talked about it before the show as well when they were down on their own. Kind of red zone that they took three or four shot plays at the sideline, kind of running the same play. And Lamar just overthrew the receiver by five yards, like three plays in a row. And it's like, is it on Todd Munkin? Is it on Lamar? The receivers, we're all, it's obviously all speculation on which angle you want to take to assign the blame. Mm -hmm. But either way, it just felt like the Ravens didn't feel like they were ready for the moment. It felt a little too much for them. And when the game got close, it felt like the Chiefs were never scared, defense, offense, they felt prepared.
0: I think you juxtapose and I want to be careful about this because I do think you're right in some regard that the Ravens weren't able to fully harness what they came into the game with. I think they came in with like a level of excitement and energy and a willingness to play like a level of physicality, right, to announce their presence. It just felt like they did not keep that in the right moment, in the right like levels. And I think that that led to, hey, you know, you get a you get a taunting penalty or you get, you know that roughing the passer that you mentioned. Um, But one of the things I will say, it did not feel like they were like out of control of their emotions entirely because – When I think about that, that's the type of energy that I imagine that in that second half, you see them let go of the rope and be like, oh, well, we went, you know, we did too much and now we've lost the game. It felt like they came with that same energy, which told me this was something somewhat intentional that they were like, hey, we want to want to make it clear. We're here. We're playing aggressive. We're playing tough. We're not going away. But even then, I still think you're right. There was a clear distinction between what Baltimore came in this game with and then what the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been – Six times in this game in the last six years. You can tell and they not were just, just rattled. Right. Not just that, you have coordinators that have been in the league for a very long time compared to the Baltimore Ravens, who Mike McDonald is how like how many years? Two-year nah, yeah. coordinator, one year Monken coordinator, Monkin, one year coordinator in this in, in this instance. Obviously, they've they've coached in the league before, but then you talk about I think the institutional uh, awareness and knowledge of hey we've been here we know exactly how this goes we have a level of comfort in this place and also I don't know man they just kind of turned this up as well yeah like they just kind of turned this on in a way that I found amazing because Travis Kelsey ain't looked that good all year
2: <laughs> that, that was, some guys are just playoff performers I mean Kelsey he was just middle of the road most of the year we had some games where he looked like everyone's saying he lost a step and then yeah. in the playoffs, he's had three touchdowns in the last two games, averaging over a hundred yards, breaking records, looking like his old self, jumping up. I think the very first catch, he like jump pretty high in the air off the ground to, to pick one out of the out of the air. I'm How like, about
0: the one where he gets horizontal to the ground catching this ball that uh, you know that he flips, Mahomes yep. just kind of flips up there. I was like, they played incredible. Don't get me wrong; I don't want to take anything. They away. Were,
2: they, it was situational. They didn't have to every play exactly. take a shot play. It was just like third and five. We're gonna make. We're going to make a play, keep the ball rolling, run the ball, kick a
0: field goal. They made plays when they needed to make plays, like from the text line, right, who talked about the idea of, you know, the ball Patrick Mahomes had to chuck deep to Marquez Valdez. Who hasn't caught it all year. Right. And that, honestly, that was another thing is you could talk about the play calling for Andy Reid. You notice who they were going to in this game? They were like, we're getting Travis Kelsey involved. Rice. Rasheed Rice involved. The other tight ends. And that's about it. Like Pacheco. Right. Like they were like, hey, this is a game where we need to be, you know, we are in a big situation. We're going to get the ball to the dudes that we trust the most. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to do the things that we know can work. And they came in with that game plan and, you know, really well designed. And they ultimately were able to get it done to get themselves to yet another Super Bowl game.
2: I think it's kind of funny. MVS was obviously pretty mid all year and had some pretty memorable drops. But in the
0: last two games, he's had the game ceiling catch. I mean, it's kind of incredible. I, <laughs> I, it, I, it just—I feel like it speaks to a, a team, an organization that just knows what they're doing in yeah. a way. And that's something that's not really tangible.
2: That's not like a yeah. stat you put on there. It's just like those two guys are rolling out there, or Spags, if you want to say three, and it's just like they got a chance and a better than fifty percent chance. I bet you the line won't be on in favor of anyone else other than Mahomes as long as he's in the playoffs.
0: Uh well, funny enough, I think the line as of right now opening up is at one point in favor of the San Francisco 49ers, funny enough. And from the two and four, they said the Chiefs are just bored with the regular season. They're learning to coast and turning on the playoffs, preserving energy. Uh, I don't know that that's the case because we had uh Patrick Mahomes lashing out like a like a tired uh toddler mm-hmm. during the course of the season. Like there was definitely some there was definitely some adversity and some things that they clearly weren't just like turning down the knob on.
2: Yeah, one, but, negative one, one and a half of the Niners. Man, they gonna, They going to figure out to stop, <laughs> stop that against Mahomes, man. I'm not thing, putting a dollar on that. Yeah,
0: but the thing about the Chiefs is that it feels like as an organization, they know how to figure things out when they yeah. need to. And yep. ultimately, that's led them to yet another Super Bowl. Um, so c- congratulations to them. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. And congratulations to who I believe the story of this, of this game was, the Kansas City Chiefs defense, Steve Spagnuolo. It's a get yep. right right here on 105.3 the fan coming up next uh, we didn't talk about the nfc championship game we'll talk about that a little bit more probably 8 p.m here on the get right but of these two games there are four teams involved clearly and if you could for your dallas cowboys steal one player non-mahomes division for your team which one would you pick 877-881-1053 we'll do it next on the fan
2: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game
0: So, get right right here on 1053. The fan, Reginald Atatuli, here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, yeah, Thanks for rolling with us on a Monday evening. Chris Strong the ones and twos, thank you, sir. And thank you guys for rolling with us and already interacting on the truckwreck.com. Text line 877 881 1053. We're asking of the final four NFL teams, the teams that competed yesterday in the championship games, uh, what player would you pluck? For your uh, non Mahomes, non Mahomes, because look, it's easy. Just, yeah, give me Patrick Mahomes. Of course, everybody wants the best player um, in the league right now. But of the non Mahomes players on those teams, what player would you like to pluck onto your Dallas Mavericks? Again, 877, Mavs. Did I say Mavericks? <laughs> it's okay. We were just talking basketball a second ago on the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> As you can tell, the, the, the calendars flipped over in my brain uh, to your Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, uh, we we're already getting a lot of texts in, and this one came from your mind. But, I mean, look, we watched a lot of fantastic players mm-hmm. in this uh, in in these two games. And I, I imagine, in fact, I was watching with a friend of mine who every time, you know, a certain player, like, would make a play, he's like, man, I'd love one of those on my favorite team. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot uh, of good
2: answers. There's not one that's just like, oh, it's got to be that. There's a lot of good. There's ones. There's a there.
0: lot of good answers. I am. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be a jerk. I'm gonna judge you for your answers. Though. Okay. I'm gonna ju- okay. I'm gonna judge you. Like here, six two. Shout out to you. I appreciate you. Uh oh. But the 682. Idea, Brace yourself. <laughs> are you gonna tell me that Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah. Is one player you pulling? I, I would
2: like him on it, but he's not. He's not the top of the list. Right. I would like him, but he's not. Think- you
0: you only getting one here, man. You get
2: man. one. You get one. For me. And I feel like okay. Because this is also the thing:
0: Are you taking that player in like their current situation, right? Yep. Age, contract, yep. all those things. And so, like, I could see it. Maybe if you go with Pacheco, is Pacheco still on his rookie deal? I mean, he's got to be like seventh rounder a couple years back.
2: Yeah. I um. So, him. like,
0: I guess if you look at that, not a lot of he doesn't have a lot of the wear on him yet. I could see it from oh, we that factor, perspective. We're,
2: we're factoring in contract and salary.
0: I feel like, well, maybe not exactly salary, but maybe. Yeah, I well, feel like that's part of this. Well, well, we'll say that the
2: Cowboys can afford whoever you pick. So whoever you want, they can afford. Now we'll look, we'll look at their salary and how it
0: would work. Because then maybe you got to cut somebody else if you get this player. But either way, yeah. But still, like I I take that with a lot of like a lot of players still. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Give me the contract. That's fine. It's worth it. You know. So I'm looking at linebacker. Fair enough. And I'm looking there's at, a lot of linebackers uh, in this one, man. I'm
2: looking at literally there's four to pick from. You got Fred and Dre. You got Ro you Roquan talk about, and
0: Queen. Yeah. The Niners linebackers: Fred Warner, uh, Dre Greenlaw, and then of course Roquan Smith and and Patrick Queen I, I of the Ravens. Th-
2: I think the guy that I would want on my team, it's it's really between Fred and Roquan.
0: Okay, what made what made you uh, eliminate Dre Greenlaw Dre, and Patrick Queen? I,
2: I think Fred's a little bit better of a cover guy.
0: Absolutely. Has been since he came out of b And then
2: Roquan is just like, you, I feel like you can do no wrong with him. I think he might just be the most all-around linebacker, <laughs> run support, pass coverage. So because of that, I am going Roquan Smith on my team. If we could take one player, I feel like he would be the one to
0: immediately help us the quickest. I I agree with all of that analysis. I think that you're you're spot on, and man, it's it's huge. It's huge to have a guy that you know is going to be in the right spots, run fit wise. It's huge to know that you've got a guy who you can feel comfortable with if you need to go back and cover, especially when you Physical talk about and owner, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you're right. From the four six nine, I take Mahomes on the maps. Thank you. I appreciate that, <laughs> Joe. Uh, from, from the three one six, from the two one four. From the 903, from the 817, from the 214, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I
2: saw a lot of those. I
0: mean, look, the thing that he's he is able to do is that. With you can a, have a bad O-line. With an intel. well. I think he's the one guy that if you don't yeah. have a
2: great O-line, he's still going to look decent.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it looks even better if you have a good yep. one. Uh, but no, Christian McCaffrey, I think one of the things for me is that if you have a good play caller, an into, like a smart, uh, creative play caller, that's a running back that's a dude he could be flexed out at wide receiver and slot Man. he could be flexed out to the outside yep. he could pick up blocks if you need him to so we'll put him at safety <laughs> i mean he he can do a <laughs> he can do a lot of things in the offense and i think one of the things with, with an offense when you get players you want guys that are you want to have like personnel that kind of dictates to the defense what their personnel is and makes them wrong mm-hmm. and chris mccaffrey on the field mm-hmm. you can come out in 12 personnel and all of a sudden oh no we're actually 5 wide. Mm-hmm. Or you can come out in certain personnel and, you know, really change the looks that you give a defense. He is such a fantastic usage, And then also just totes the rock incredibly well on top it, of that. It, there's so. not
2: there's not much he can't do on the football field. He's just kind of a utility guy. Physical guy, too. I think sometimes when people look at him, they don't think of him as a between-the-tackle guy. He'll run between the tackles and run you over, too. He's very elusive and obviously fun and explosive. But he's also a hard-nosed down-the-pipe down the runner. I want to shout out a couple more fan texts, and I want you to give me yours, Reggie. Um... From the from the nine seven two, I want Lejarius Sneed. That's a great look. Incredible
0: safety. Obviously made a big play. Yeah, that's a good look.
2: Um from the nine seven two, Zay Flowers, Sam Laporta feel like a little bit more of a luxury pick. I don't know if it'd be my number one, but
0: Yeah. Especially because I mean Zay Flowers would be very nice, but I feel like you have you have pieces here that can do some of those things, although Zay Flowers is very fun. Prince. Sam LaPorta, you look I think you were that that's a spot that would be entirely luxury, which yeah. would be ignoring some of the places that you need something because I really like what Jay Ferguson gives you. I think that not just like the sure-handedness, but there's a level of aggressiveness. There's a level of yeah, no, I, I, I like what he has there. Now, what do you think good? about this
2: on the eight one seven? One one of the eight one seven said Jameer Gibbs, which we kind of already touched on with the running back. The other one said Lamar Jackson.
0: That's interesting. Um, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Um, but I know that I still think that there's other places where you can get. More upside, more advantage, and I'm also wondering if you take advantage of him properly. But I, I look, I don't hate it. We've given you an opportunity to take a quarterback, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's probably a good place to go. I know that some people, like uh, shout out to Loki Joker on the Twitch who said, or on the YouTube rather, who said, "Give me Brock Purdy," and I honestly believe you're uh, you're doing drugs. But you know what? It's fine. You're entitled to your opinion there.
2: Now this was my second pick
0: from the two and four, Chris Jones. This this was where I was starting okay, to look. But the tough part about it is Chris Jones, he's been in the league for a long time, but he yeah. he he is a playmaker in the middle of a defensive line. Like nope. he is a dude who you have to account for at defensive tackle. And that's not something you can say a lot about defensive tackles. Yeah, that that would be that would be real, real problems, especially when you consider who you got to have on the outside already rushing the passer and Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. It gets a lot, it gets a lot different when you can't just be like, hey, we're going to we're gonna try and keep keep uh keep track of Micah and then let Chris Jones happened up the middle. Yeah, the teams would be in real hell. That's that's a great look.
2: I'm catching up to the fan text. Everybody is spamming Fred Warner. Fred Warner seems to be the popular pick. I'm seeing
0: I'm yeah. seeing some Trent Williams. Trent Williams is a great get. Mm-hmm. Also, but this is the thing. If you're going tackle, I might actually go Penny Soul. Yeah. That was that's
2: probably been the best tackle. That's probably been the best old lineman. I mean, his his cover, I think, in the in the game that just happened with Armstead. Bosa and Young, he gave up zero sacks, two pressures, and, like, 38 snaps against the best in the world. And he's been like that the whole playoffs. Highest run-blocking grade that we've seen in PFF history. Like, I would agree. i say Panay Sewell would be – but I, that one feels a little bit luxury, a little bit, not entirely. But I feel like linebacker is such an issue or if you're trying to just get an all-world left tackle, now, I well, would like you, him. But. you
0: talk about it being – look, we've talked about how Tyron Smith, like, you've got to be thinking mm-hmm. about what's next. So where, where does he go on your pedestal? Where,
2: who's who's Who? that one for you? I mean, we've throwing out some great names. People are throwing out Andy Reid, Kyle The Shanahan. more I <laughs> keep
0: thinking about having, like, the quarterback in Lamar Jackson, it's like, okay, that okay. Actually, that's that. there's there's some fair things there. But okay. I think I, I'm with you on your linebacker of choice when we talk about, you know, Roquan, Fred Warner, whatever. Um, and I really do like the idea of uh, having that tackle in, like, Panay Sewell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another one – or one thing that I've seen as people try and – I don't know if this is skirt the rules because we didn't really make the rules all that strict mm-hmm. – we had Andy Reid come up. We had Kyle Shanahan come up. We had Steve Spagnolo come up. That might be the bigger issue, guys. Maybe those are the coaching than all these other players. We're plugging these players. We still got Dan Quinn and Mike it, McCarthy. It does feel like a position of need in some ways. Like, especially when we talk about it in, you know, and we'll talk about this more as we go along. But man, the ways in which those guys put their players in positions to succeed. Huge huge in fact there's instances where i i feel like you can break down the ways that games go and i know that we always like talking about the players on the field and rightfully so but there's ways in which you go i don't know how much i hate the way that certain players played as opposed to just one one coordinator had a better circumstance and a better uh game plan for what happened no love for bosa from the 214 i I don't know that it's necessarily that i feel like you just look at yeah i think that it's more luxury because we're talking about what's happening here can, can I be? Can I be a uh, two galaxy brain? I don't actually believe this, but would you like uh, something like a use chick? It'd be cool, but <laughs> it's like yeah, you're. This is not something I need. I, I I love how everyone's interacting. We Debo Samuel.
2: Yeah. See, I just don't think a receiver skill position is being the biggest. Thing. So, anytime – there is good ones out there, the Debo's and the St. Brown's. But, you uh, know, what
0: Debo then comes back to is what we were talking about with Christian McCaffrey is the idea of, like, the versatility, versatility and the guy. ways in which he, you know – I'm puts trying to fix that, that defense, defense man. Binds.
2: I want, and there was some good defensive players. that Ravens and 49ers, give me anybody on that deep And the Chiefs, man, shoot. Snead, McDuffie, Chris Jones –
0: uh, Nick somebody Bolton. said no, no shot. We have the penalties we do with Andy Reid. Okay, and from the eight one seven. Now we're getting a different level. John Lynch, Brad oh, wow. Holmes. I imagine is one that probably people bring up. Like if we're yeah. starting to talk about those things. Uh, all right, if 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 we do go like non-player, right? If you pick a a coach slash executive of those ones that we mentioned, or maybe another one, right? Um, which one would you lean towards? I, I, I
2: I'm feeling I'm feeling Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid. I feel like is just a we are going to be successful. We are going to be disciplined. But he still finds a way to be a player's coach. He has found the perfect medium of being disciplined and holding the guys accountable. And will him and, you know, obviously with the GM, letting a guy like Tyreek Kill go and still making it to back-to-back Super Bowls. So he's showing, hey, we'll get rid of some talent and we'll still be good. And I'll still be your friend. And I'll still hold you accountable. We saw Kadarius Tony did not suit up for that final game. And as we saw on social media, it was not because he was hurt. So he'll hold his guys accountable. Hey, you're not playing well. Get me out of here. Taylor
0: Swift, we've we got a couple of Taylor Swift texts. Y'all lying? Well, maybe not all of you. Some some folks I imagine would have a ball if Taylor Swift was in AT&T Stadium and one of the definitely Lamar then Chris Jones. Okay, all there's, right.
2: There's there's a lot of lot of holes. There's a lot of things. And I mean,
0: it's just to be fair. Like you're you're you have an opportunity to go from four of the best teams in the league and yeah. like just pick one player. Of course, yeah. there's players places that you can upgrade and get better mm-hmm. for sure um so yeah no that that's obvious um let's see but yeah the way the ways that people have treated uh various uh celebrities that have been attached to Cowboys players in the past have made me go yeah I don't think that y'all actually really really want that from the 214 Ravens front office for show uh so they said they'd rather go O-line or D-line but the names have been called so they're going Travis Kelsey I mean look Travis Kelsey's is a very good player I, I couldn't knock you there's been I mean look to be fair pretty much all the names mentioned. I can't knock you just yeah, cuz clearly like there's all good there's high
2: level players. <laughs> but we're also relating them to the Cowboys. You're right, trying to
0: trying to, you know, maximize and I I can't blame you in the from the 214 when who says the uh the biggest hole is at the GM spot. I cannot entirely blame you for viewing it that way. Like honestly, if I go nine if I go nine um non-player, it's definitely going like with a coach. Yeah. Um and it's probably it probably is Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a really good one though. I saw a tour text about Dan Campbell's.
1: I was going to say the Dan Campbell disrespect is real here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like Dan Campbell quite a bit. But just think about who he's, ma- who he's matching up against. Well, and this is the thing about Dan Campbell is that Dan Campbell does not inherently come with like the the play caller portion of it. But one thing I can say is at least as of right now, and it's still early, he hasn't had to do a lot of the like replacing necessarily of guys as they leave his system. He might have to do that this offseason as Ben Johnson has really been attached to other jobs, particularly the commando's job. But, um, hey, man, he he put together a fantastic staff to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's one of the big things when we talk about, like, a head coach or w- the responsibilities of head coach is being somebody's boss and putting together a staff. That staff looks very good mm-hmm. as of right now, and so I mean I hear you on that. I absolutely can see that. But I, I yeah. want to
2: know if we missed anybody. Y'all keep texting them in.
0: Somebody said it's got to be Joe, man- Joe Montana. Okay, let, right. let
2: us know if we missed a player that could help the Cowboys right now. That was on that final four teams. That's someone we haven't mentioned.
0: I like, know Lejarius Sneed was mentioned in the crosstalk, like yeah. that, you know, that safety. Would you want like Trent McDuffie? Yeah, I'd take cornerback. It I it mean, wouldn't be
2: my first six, but I would take either of them in a heartbeat. Oh my God.
0: Like I think that's the tough part is you have you know two guys that have been like pro bowlers, uh, and like all pros defensively when you talk about your cornerbacks, mm-hmm. um, at the very least, you know, Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland, and then obviously also Stephon Gilmore, should mm-hmm. you bring him back? Like
2: you had Lejarius Sneed, Diggs, and then Bland in the slot. Yeah, that yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But I at the end would of the day fun. I want Roquan Smith in the middle of my defense. Yeah, I think <laughs> I I, I, I kind of feel that way too. I think that's the answer I'm settling on. I, I think I would go Roquan Smith one, I would go Chris Jones two, and I would go Panay Sewell three.
0: I think I would go with those, but I'd switch Chris Jones and Panay Sewell. Yeah. I just I, I got really uh entranced by watching that big boy move. Okay, when we, they pull when they pull that tackle, we got Ragnow getting some love. Yeah, Ragnow, a uh, Creed Creed Humphrey, Humphrey got brought up both yep. tackle or both uh sorry, centers yep. that and that's a position that you're going to have to contend with this offseason as Tyler Biotish is mm-hmm. a free agent. Mm-hmm. Do you consider staying mm-hmm. there with a guy who has been like average, yep. a little yep. bit better than average or do yep. you try and go into the draft? There's a lot of things the Cowboys have to address, but mm-hmm. it would be nice if this fantasy situation existed where you could just pick one of these guys up. Yeah, and, Creed Humphrey. Uh, no one moving. mentioned
2: Kittle. We just got a Kittle text. Just obviously Jake Ferguson's doing well, so we weren't bringing up any of the tight ends. But think about all the good tight ends that were left. We had Mark Andrews, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey. Maybe the four best tight ends.
0: And that's before we even talk about like the other uh, tight ends that are below them that have shown good possibilities like yeah. Isaiah Likely yeah. and others. Um, I know Noah Gray played fairly well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, yeah, those are some of the players that I guess uh we and the Tolos would maybe pluck from the rest of uh the rest of the final four teams, of course, ignoring Patrick Mahomes because that's the easy answer. Um someone for said Kyle Cowboys. Hamilton.
2: That's a good shout. Oh
0: wow, yeah, no, I completely yeah, put him at two uh Put him at one for me, actually. One, wow, I'm changing the entire of the answer. A second. Yeah, 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 sorry, sorry, yeah, my bad. I wow, I messed up. I spent a whole 15 minutes ignoring the right answer. My bad, y'all. Appreciate you. Appreciate Kyle
2: Hamilton coming in out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, appreciate whoever put
0: that one in there for making me feel stupid. Thank you. 877-881-1053. Please keep sending those in. Make sure, uh, make sure you get involved. We appreciate you doing that here on the Get Right, right here on 105.3 the Fan. And coming up next on the Get Right, we go around the NFL. We we'll do next on the Fan. Get right, right here on 105.3. The Fan Reginald Attitude here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, sir, That's Chris Strong in the ones and twos and also picking the tunes. Appreciate you. What and song thanks. is
2: that? It sounds good. I just don't know the name of it. Random
1: Orlando Magic song that
0: I really like. Oh, you're just being a jerk <laughs> as the Orlando Magic in town visiting your Dallas Mavericks. Score currently 7-5 to five in favor of those Mavericks. Interesting one as, obviously, Mavericks top third of the, of the league offensively, not a great defensive team. Uh, they they meet their inverse in a yep, way. Correct. In the Orlando Magic team, who is a fantastic defensive team, but not very good offensively, and also inverse in another way, where you look at the Mavs and they're all just a whole bunch of kind of like six five, six six guys. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at the Orlando Magic and the whole rosters dudes that are about six ten.
2: Yep. Their their second shortest dude on the court right
0: now is six ten,
2: Franz Wagner.
0: Yeah, so yeah, a lot lot of a lot of length. But as of right now, kind of uh, bouncing out just uh, about four minutes into, or actually really three minutes into gameplay at the AAC. Again, we'll keep you up to date with all the things that are happening there. But right now, on the get right, let's go around the NFL. We begin as we talked about, uh, we've been talking about all day really, the day after championship Sunday in the NFL. We now have a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? We have this set and ready to go. It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the San Francisco 49ers for the second time, um at least within these uh current iterations of the team. And so, Patrick Mahomes uh and the Chiefs, Brock Purdy and San Francisco 49ers. Perster. And with that being the case, like clearly this is this is going to be a big time you know game the Niners are one of the bigger fan bases in the league just all the way around and then you also talk about the Kansas City Chiefs that have been dominant over the last what six seven years Mm -hmm. and that that you know kind of creates a level of you know uh, camaraderie amongst or like uh, you know good feeling towards the team plus you know now they got that uh, they got that uh, Taylor Swift thing happening Mm. with them and so that also builds a level of you know, desire to be there for that team. So this is a big one, right? Who do you think the NFL wanted to win? Because I saw a
2: tweet said that the commissioner almost had Baltimore dudes and Detroit dudes in Las Vegas, and he said, nah, we ain't having this. We we, we need Kansas City and San Francisco to win. I think, I think the NFL wanted Kansas City. It makes sense. Taylor Swift, Mahomes. I don't know about the NFC. I think they wanted that feel-good Dan Campbell story. They've been posting about that 24-7, more so
0: than the Niners. Or do you think it's the other way? I don't think it matters. Really and truly, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. It's a Super Bowl. We don't watch it. Mm-hmm. All right? Like We're going to watch it as a cultural event. And then also, it is in Las Vegas. People were looking for a reason to go to Las Vegas anyways. Mm-hmm. It's still cold in a lot of these places. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then on top of that... There's kind of like a, uh, a a selection, a natural selection of this that's going to happen because of the money of this all, which is ultimately where I was leaning to as obvi- we're starting to get a feeling for Super Bowl ticket prices for the Ooh, Super Bowl 58. Yeah, they is up there uh, when it comes to the secondary market. Here are some of the the can prices. I, can I guess?
2: Tell me where we're sitting and I'll guess.
0: OK, uh, what do you want to guess the high end or the low end?
2: Let's do let's do low end. The All cheapest right. ticket.
0: Yeah, the cheapest ticket on the secondary market. All right, I've got my number set in. Okay. You I'm give gonna give me say, your so best
2: this is a skyscraper I can touch the ceiling. This That's, is just <laughs> the lowest
0: cost. I don't know where the lowest cost is, but I imagine yes, you're at the top of that uh, big ass room but called Allegiant Stadium.
2: I'm gonna go cheapest ticket. Patrick Mahomes is there, Taylor Swift is there, eight grand. Too high. Okay. So it's lower. Okay, five grand. Too low. Sixty five hundred. Just a little low. Sixty four hundred. No, you, you had to go. The other okay, way. six seven thousand. Too high. Sixty seven hundred.
0: <laughs> Still a little too high. Sixty
2: six hundred.
0: Sixty six thirty one. Okay, the lowest price that you can get on the secondary market as of right now.
2: You think you think that's worth it? Say we didn't work here. No.
0: So, say we didn't work no, here just to watch not. this game. You think it's worth it? No, okay. absolutely not. I don't, I honestly am not sure that I would go to a Super Bowl if I had the money, yeah. because the environment is just very corporate, right? You're, right. Not, you're not necessarily getting... You are not got the fans there. You're not necessarily getting the fans of the game. You're getting the people that can one to four to go, and the two, like, a lot of the, you know, sponsors and those types of things are going to end up being in that place. So, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be... Plus, part of the fun of Super Bowl is the commercials. You know what they don't play in the arena? Mm, commercials. That oh. was... That might have been Reggie's best take ever. Don't go to the Super Bowl. Of all you, this heat
2: I've been giving you, that's I, the one. I don't know that that would that hit me. You can't. That's like the best part—the commercials—and you literally miss every single one. Why would you go? Unless your corporate business requires you to go. If you're paying your own money, why would you go? Well,
0: I mean, if it's your team, you get a chance to see them in the Super Bowl.
2: Nah, but You know, I'd rather have a house party with the boys. There's
0: also the clout. There is the clout. I went to the Super Bowl. There is the clout. Hey man, we talked about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, this is their um, sixth. Uh, well, at this point, how many Super Bowls is this in four, mm-hmm. right? That they've gone to in this in this time frame. Um, Patrick Mahomes beating a lot of really good uh, quarterbacks <sighs> or the teams it keeps that winning. He, that he's been on the very, like, do you want to run off the teams or the quarterbacks that his teams have beaten in the course of his time here? Ever
2: or just this season? Just over the, uh,
0: oh, ever in Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He's here. obviously, he's obviously beat. There's, um, there's Andrew Luck. Luck. Josh Deshaun, Allen. Deshaun Watson. Watson. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Jimmy Garoppolo. Garops, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mania. You mentioned Josh Allen.
2: Yep. A couple times.
0: <laughs> yeah. A couple of those. Uh, large Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. Um, oh no. Lamar. Yeah. Tua. Clearly Lamar. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Tua Tungvaluwa. You mentioned Lamar Jackson, right? Like that. A lot. This is a, kind of a nice.
2: Now there's only true. two quarterbacks he hasn't beaten, right? He hasn't beaten Tom Brady. He's zero two. True. And then Joe Burrow. No, I, they've they've been they, Joe they. Okay, I was about to say. I think what is he was one
0: and two. Yeah. Okay. And so now Brock Purdy steps up to uh, the podium. It'll be interesting because the Chiefs are going to be without defensive end Charles Menehu. He tore his ACL. In the AFC Championship game, win against the Ravens, and so he had a sack and a forced fumble in that game, and he tweeted out just kind of the broken heart emoji. Yep. And so that's going to be it's tough big, blow. big time, uh, big time defensive end for them, and that's you know that pressure is going to be really helpful. And so without that, now they're probably going to have to call up uh, Felix Andrade Uzoma, who I think he is a is he a rookie or second year player out of uh, no rookie out of uh, Kansas State. To maybe play a significant more snap. so that's going to be an area to watch over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for Super Bowl. We, we got
2: some people texting in their Super Bowl stuff. Okay, from the nine for oh, my grandparents have been to every Super Bowl since nineteen seventy seven. Oh my goodness! They spent twenty four thousand for two tickets this year. Big money. We got a big money text. Do we have any big do have balls? Any, do we have any uh, money in the back? Cha-ching.
0: Wow! Thank you. That was was a. I don't think you realized that was very high tech sound effects that we just got from (laughs) Chris. Can can, can you give me that one more time?
2: There it is. Yep. That was that that was a drop right there. That is the high. That
0: is the high value production that you get right here on the get right on 105 through the fan. We got to give love once more to Travis Kelsey, tight end of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. Did uh, made a little bit more history in his career story career. Um, He passes. The one and only Jerry Rice for most postseason receptions in NFL history. He snagged his 152nd playoff catch of the career in the second quarter of the game. And so that allowed him to, you know, clearly pass that that record in, you know, 12, a streak of 12 postseason games with at least five catches. And right? I think
2: he had nine in the first half. I mean, he, yes, was, he, did. he was nine going for 96 crazy. people. We were, um. it was me and uh ca and medford and we were watching like is he gonna break the record for most in the game because i think it's 15 or 16 and he had nine and a half we're like ah, i don't know but then obviously they were pacing the game he's just a playoff riser man him and
0: mahomes man that might be the best duo and i mean gotta shout out to him 34 years old i for me i had really held on to the idea that the greatest tight, tight end of all time was rob, or rob mahomes Gorkowski. rob gronkowski yeah um I'm I'm really starting to question that stance. Isn't it weird that the the
2: the duos that we think of the best is always a quarterback tight end Brady Grant Mahomes um, Kelsey? When you in your head you would think you know receiver quarterback and tight ends kind of complimentary. No, the best ones their best player best pass catcher has been a tight end. I mean, uh, man, I feel like man, I don't know. I feel like there's definitely some Manning, Manning Marvin. That's right. But I'm just thinking another two best probably. I I got very Montana Rice.
0: Yeah, that was that was absolutely one that I was. Montana Rice,
2: that's a good yeah. I'm just thinking another two best, probably. At least in the postseason, their their best target has been a tight end.
0: Well, uh that's that's fair to consider. I think it's just, you know, you get a you get an elite pass catcher, you get an elite pass Are they catcher. really
2: even tight ends. <laughs> that's their position. But well, yeah, uh, no,
0: I, I used to always call Robin Krauski just like a trained apex predator. Yep. Like just like a polar bear that they taught to catch a football. That's what he looked can like. Can
2: y'all believe Randy Gregory made it to the Super Bowl? It's quite surprising.
0: I mean, yes, I can believe it. <laughs> He ended up on a team with a lot of talent and some really great coaching. <laughs> uh, I think that that ended up working out pretty well. Hey, man, I don't know if you knew this, a quarterback retired or is pretty much set to retire after this weekend. Teddy? Of football, that's right. Uh, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater On last night played what will likely be his final uh, game of his career. As he had let us know earlier on in the season that this, you know, he was planning to retire. And, of course, he was a backup quarterback on this Detroit Lions team. I mean, how did you view Teddy Bridgewater? Because, I mean, he obviously, he had that time where he was basically, he was the starter for the Vikings, and then he has that horrific injury that looks like it's going to be career-ending. He ultimately comes back, comes in and is like, ends up being a, a really solid backup option for a few teams. Uh, Carolina, I think. Did he end up playing in New York? Am I bugging, right? Like he's, mm, I
2: don't think New York, but he he was just one of those guys that was just, sufficient. wasn't demanding uh, could start if he needed to in a couple games. He's your, he's your, quote, backup. Like, you would love to have him as a backup. Not going to demand a lot of money. Can start a season, maybe even a whole season, a good bridge, but can also back up a guy, a good character guy, not going to cause locker room issues. So I think he'll have a fun time telling his kids about his NFL team. I forgot about
0: Miami and also Miami. New Orleans. You know, he might take the mantle of what I used to call uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is, like, the greatest backup possible. A guy who could come in, you feel comfortable, like, he could probably win you a game but he's probably not good enough to steal your starting quarterback's job mm, right in the middle. Would you rather be a 10-year vet as a backup or a
2: 3-year starter who was really good, but then you like injury or whatever, you're just not in the league after that? 3 years.
0: You specifically 3 years? You're specifically 3 and you're done. Give me the 10-year vet. 10-year vet that's never starts, just always a backup. Yeah, especially. Okay. Yeah, cool. I don't have to I don't have to do actually do the car crashes? Yeah. And I get the I get a pension. Yeah, no one, yeah, no one that. really
2: knows you. You're just a backup, or you're like a superstar for three years, and then you blow out.
0: Yeah, no. I, actually, my my whole thing is if I can get rich without the fame, that'd be mm-hmm. great. Okay. Yeah. Fame actually is the burdensome part. The, ri- mm. the, the rich part is fun. Let me get that money. Facts. Apparently, I'm preaching to Blake tonight. I didn't realize Facts. that that was the case. Facts. I thought I was just talking. Facts. But you know what? I, I enjoy talking with you, the listeners, here on the Get Right, right here on 105 through the Fan. That's how we go around the NFL. And coming up next, let's talk more about AFC Championship, uh, or sorry, not AFC. Let's talk about the NFC game, actually, in Championship Sunday in the NFL. Did Dan Campbell and the Lions blow their big chance? We'll discuss it next on The Fan.
1: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is guys. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.